Welcome back to the fourth episode of the Final Crusade. We're super excited to have you here. And I am joined in the studio by a good friend, my good friend, your good friend, and someone different than all those weeks prior, Woody. Hello there. How you doing today, buddy? I am doing just great. We just came back from a nice climbing session at the local uh, climbing gym. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty good. Fun fact about everyone in the Final Crusade, uh, we all actually are climbers. Yeah, Barb's not the only one with the climbing skill. Yeah, yeah, she's good at lots of stuff. Like yeah, you think they're better than me, huh? Huh? I mean, she is. But, yeah. I mean, only a dealing damage and not getting knocked unconscious. I mean, she's a literal freight train for us right now. So. Indeed, she is a walking <laughs> bad guy blender. <laughs> but uh, what do you think about this week's session? Um, I'm I'm planning on not having the same blunder as before. Yeah. Um, so this is my first ranged character out of all the D and D and Pathfinder campaigns I've played, and I'm still learning that yes, at point blank range, it does incur an attack of opportunity to draw your bow. So I promise I will try not to do that again. So you're trying to tell our, our listeners that the best way to use a bow is not five feet away from somebody. Apparently, apparently not. Well. <laughs> As always, a good <laughs> lesson learned. But if you're still with us, you're still sticking around with us, maybe check us out on iTunes if you're having a good time. Maybe rate, review us. Maybe, uh, you know, tell someone that you like that you like listening to us, like your grandparents, and they'll be very confused. But uh, again, thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Again, we are back. Everyone's super excited. I'm excited. You're excited. Your mom's excited. Probably for different reasons that are unaffiliated <laughs> with this podcast. Whoa. But she's a lovely person, and she deserves that She's watching excitement. Magic Mike. She is. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, like, I don't know. That's a good one, because... Uh, <laughs> I love Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. I'm a, I'm a Joe Manganiello fan myself. Th- that's my my favorite thing about <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. I keep getting older, and he stays the same age. Oh. You know, if you enroll at uh, University of Texas, he can be a professor in film. Really? Yeah, really? he teaches full time there now. Oh, I would listen to him. He's would, actually so, a really yeah. he's a really accomplished actor. I no, really I know. I, yeah. yeah, cool. It's like with Arnold. Yeah. It's a, anyways, welcome back <laughs> <laughs> to We Heart Matthew McConaughey, the only podcast which is Matthew McConaughey all the time, every time. And I think it is time, though I teased it to be in the far future, that we give up the answer to the long-discussed engineering question. Travis, tell our, our audience at home how long your fingers are. How long my fingers are. <laughs> well, I recently got a tattoo. And Did it you really? wasn't of the millimeters, unfortunately. Uh, no, I didn't get a tattoo. But <laughs> so I got a exact skin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. But that would be a great tattoo, a ruler on my finger. What's, that? What's the answer to the engineering question, bud? That is, I don't actually know the answer because 42. I made it up. But if it were to have an answer, it'd be 42. Visually, however, I thought of it more as a thermal camera. And so the hot air rises from thermodynamics. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, Science. why did you? Subject. I like that you looked at wow. me like I would know. The GM. Do you want to? Yeah, you hang on, let me roll. Hang on, world. Uh, I rolled a natural one on thermodynamics, so no, it, it is wizardry. Down. It goes down. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, so it's cold. We turn the heater on. The hot air rises to the top of the ceiling. Dad gets cold. Luckily, the family's not around. So. He can turn on the heat a little bit higher, but then 
The cat jumps on to the table, hits the automatic remote for the fan up top because we're successful. The fan turns on. He's like, no, cat. He was going <laughs> to scream profanities, but he's trying to get over that. And then, <laughs> I'm and really endeared. To he's retired and he spot. drinks too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he works a long job. He provides for one, his family. One day Let to retire. enjoy warm <laughs> One house. day. But... We try to decide what happens to the temperature in the room. So we had two options across the room where the like beer is because he sat down on the wrong side of the room. Does that get warmer or colder? And my thought is that it will warm up because as the fan turns on, the hot air that has gathered at the top of the ceiling is going to homogenize throughout the rest of the room and we're going to get this nice uniform temperature. However... The remote, which he was not touching but was quite close to, is going to cool off because he has been radiating heat and a little bit of conductive heat through the armchair to make that little white glow that you see on a thermal camera when you look at people That's farting a hot on YouTube. Dad. Just saying. Yeah, have you ever watched <laughs> the fart videos, fart videos on YouTube? And it's a steel uh, <laughs> couch. No, Crystal, answer the man's question. Do you watch those fart videos on YouTube? Stop Do sidestepping. Do is a strong question. Like, I have seen them. <laughs> I feel like it's I should not like I was it. seeking them out. We have a very All right, Crystal, pull up your browser history. Yeah. Has anyone ever you stumble upon? <laughs> yeah, that was great. So, like, yeah, like 15 years ago, maybe? <laughs> No, what? That was when I was in college. Oh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> and you're also you're still, still in college. In college. Yeah. We do have Only our technically calculators to do also. simple math. And, uh, so anyway, I think the remote cools off. Nice. Okay. I'm going to tell your new employers that you use a calculator to do basic maths, and they I mean, they can watch me on YouTube. <laughs> watch, yeah, dad fart. Uh, it was a good two weeks on the job. <laughs> yeah, I did my best. <laughs> God. Your security clearance is revoked because you <laughs> do six plus six plus three on a calculator. <laughs> I don't watch art videos. <laughs> but it's endearing because they say math, 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 and Sierra makes sounds in the background. Sierra, She's do you Sierra want to hear those sweets? Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Where'd oh. that cat come from? I don't know. He's, he's running around all nimbly pimbly. She's working on the cat package. Woody, what do you got? You're the actual cat person. And I don't mean you own cats. I mean, literally, your character is a cat person. Mm. <laughs> We're learning how to meow still. Oh, yeah. 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 I think before it was meow, meow, meow. meow. meow, meow. <laughs> it's got a little accent twinge to his meow. There it is. We're trying to get to the basic you know, meow. Yeah, no, we'll fair. we'll get there eventually, story wise. Well, it'll be a progression. Yeah. That'd be great. Everyone else like you're gonna have to take some Matthew skills Ma- in linguistics, though. I was gonna yeah. say Matthew really McConaughey can walk you through how to remove your meow. accent. Now meows <laughs> are a flat circle. Mm, yeah, right. Just like time. Any any True Detective fans out there of the first season and the first season? It was a very good first season. Yeah. It, was. it was. I got thrown off by the second one though. I, I never, never just like never could it. really get into Everyone it. Everyone just is like, don't watch the second season. It's like sounds good. It's like great. Yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. You ready for a new question? Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. So, you and your family, they're in here. They, they came home, turned off the heater so they didn't know about your ways. What's with these heat questions? <laughs> we're trying to get a cohesive story. Okay. Okay. It's, it, this isn't a heat question. It's don't just that the, the family came sorry, home. Sorry, sorry. Hey, Paul, how about you shut the okay. fuck up? So, <gasps> kids come home. You want to surprise them. Kids, we're going on a vacation. Everybody in the car. Off to Moab. We head to Moab. <laughs> 
which is in before, Utah, which for, is in Utah. People who are from know. Colorado <laughs> or, or Utah. Utah or just like <laughs> or any neighboring else. state that might know or, or anywhere who like, outdoors is interested no one outside in of the neighboring national parks. That one guy in Virginia right now who's like, hey, I've been hey, to Utah. Been <laughs> I know what Moab is. <laughs> And those people who are like, oh, I've been calling it Moab. Yeah, so <laughs> anyway, you're headed to Utah. <laughs> and head up to Moab. It rained the night before, but doesn't matter. You get the kiddos and you're like, guys, we're hiking to an arch. Corona arch. I saw it on the YouTubes. And <laughs> After that fart video <laughs> compilation I watched. Yeah. <laughs> Deleted my browser history. <laughs> Going to Corona Incognito mode. So... You're heading up to the arch. The sandstone gets a little bit steep. It's rained recently, so it is not dusty. It's just nice, pure, unadulterated sandstone. It starts to get steep enough that you want to put your hands down, but you also don't want to admit to yourself that you're a giant ninny. So you're resisting the urge. You're going to walk up this thing. No, f- no hands on the ground. I'm no ninny. No ninny. Not today. Maybe you're holding like a beer... And small oh, yeah. child. Yeah. Exactly. A shirt that says, Mommy, raise no bitch. <laughs> <laughs> On the back yeah, and the front. You need people to yes. know either direction. <laughs> I hope that gets worked into the engineering problem. Yeah. Oh, too much pressure. <laughs> so, <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be next question. Anyway, so. You're worried that you're going to fall. Will you maximize your friction if you step on your tiptoes or if you walk up it flat-footed so that you maximize your surface area? All right. What does everyone think? Let's get some, uh, let's get some hot takes real quick. Well, we have our audience ponder this in the background for, let's say, 12 weeks. We really need to keep this user base alive. <laughs> so 12 weeks. I'm going to say tiptoes. I'm going to say center of mass over your toes. Maybe be more advantageous. Mm. That's what I'm going to say. Mm. I'm going to say, though flat-footed is not usually advantageous. <laughs> I laugh at my own jokes. Welcome to Crystal. <laughs> uh, AC jokes for all you Pathfinder geeks. Uh, it seems to be a, a touch. I'm trying to remember subject. engineering school, and I feel like I'm just going to embarrass myself at this point. But I think having a flat foot so that you have greater surface area um, is better for friction. Coefficient of friction maybe applies to surface area. Does. We're going to find out when mm-hmm. I Google it. Not if it's physics 101, because then you always ignore friction and air resistance. You're and cows are spherical. spherical cows. <laughs> <laughs> Cow jumps off a cliff, ignoring air resistance. Are you going to give me your, uh, your, your guess, or are you going to keep no. talking about these things? <laughs> All right. What do, you, what do you think, buddy? So I'm in the same line of thinking where technically surface area should, you know, there should be more friction with more surface area, but at the same time, try, what, how steep is it again? Deep enough that you want to put your hands down, but you're not going to because you're not a little ninny. <laughs> so <laughs> roughly 25 to 28 degrees. And how flexible <laughs> is my Achilles? Creamy as well, butter. You, you injured your kind of right. lazy. Yeah, you had a basketball injury back in college <laughs> that you really bring up quite so, often. So it's but pretty you don't much really if I don't know. go on my toes anyway, I wouldn't be able to balance in the first place. <laughs> Answer the question, Woody. I'm gonna go toes in that case. <laughs> Considering the injury, yes, toes. Sarah, what are you what are you what are you thinking? I walk exclusively on my knees. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> my pants are destroyed, but I never lost balance. Um <laughs> uh, um, I, I was taught by people who guide people up mountains that are not Travis, 
um, <laughs> other <distinction>. people. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, and this is less of a, a question of friction. I apologize. I'm not an engineer. But more of just a, a, um, a comment on efficacy, I guess, that like if you do climb up on the balls of your feet, your toes, essentially, in this question, then your center of mass is, is a little bit more distributed to get up, hike up better. How how dare you use life experience (laughs) in a hypothetical problem? I'm looking at all the things on the table to see if we can like tip it and try to recreate this. Let's tip the table. Well, it's like a math question. It's like no one buys 13 watermelons, but for the purpose. You go hiking in Moab. (laughs) Maybe. And Paul, what do you think? Great idea, Paul. All right. So, no. Now that I've had some time to listen to everybody else's answers. (laughs) No. Uh no I think uh thinking of it in a engineering sense I think the uh correct thing is more surface area increases the amount of friction you have so you have better grip so I'm going to say flat footed all right if you got those creamy creamy Achilles and hamstrings to let your you know get that flexibility in the ankle there you but know the- i don't i don't stretch after running that's for cowards anyways <laughs> mama ain't raised no bitch hashtag. <laughs> speaking of stone oh, oh you find yourself in this chamber segue. surrounded by it but what's even worse is as a loo walks up and offers his help this terrifying mandibled crab claw bug-eyed person descends on you frothing either happy frothing <laughs> or, or or angry frothing uh and heading straight for you but as this happens the other individual interposes themselves and they go stop no this is not the way and and they kind of put their their hand against their chest and they turn to all of you and they go speak your business quicker or sooner. We have no time for this. I want to help you. <laughs> That's not the right voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Poe. warm up. That's not Poe, but that's what he wants. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, this this uh, man turns to you. As he turns, you see that his face is, is far more humanoid. Half of it is that of, a, of an elf with the pointed ears, the kind of like bright, flat... Um, skin that has absolutely no kinds of problems with it but then the left side of his face is covered with these green serpent scales you also notice that there is a single ram's horn that wraps around only one side of his head and he as you offer your help outwards he considers it for a bit weighing it in his head and he goes what help could you offer us boy I can dig let me tell you Come on, team. Let's dig. And he turns to the mandibled, clawed individual. And you see him make these kind of crude, almost gestured signs to communicate with them. You watch the other one return the signs in kind, different. This nonverbal communication passing between them. And they're like, our friend, he has fallen beneath these rocks and he points back to this giant boulder that sits there held up very like i don't know 
precariously amongst these other smaller stones. They've managed to dig kind of a shallow trench, but wherever their friend is, that shallow trench is like a foot or so deep, doesn't seem to be doing the job. What do you do? Barb! (laughs) (laughs) We need you! Come dig! And I'll run up immediately. Be like, do we have an Aaron Ralston situation? Oh. Oh. No? Too soon? Too soon. (laughs) James Franco was too expensive for this podcast. (laughs) Uh, As you approach, Barb, you watch and the two have a very quick conversation with their hands once more. And they consider your help for a moment. And they're like, I don't know if this is the best idea. Perhaps you should move along and we should stay here to help our friend. Uh, sh- do, sh- should we do like a diplomacy check first? Let's just talk to them. Maybe like use call your, over Woody. Yeah. Use your in, in-game voice. Use your in-game voice. Oh, look at that. Um, to, do you want to sit here? That was nice. I'm happy to yes. help if you want me to. I'm very strong. <laughs> Some say I'm strong. I think uh, my mother says I'm strong. <laughs> I second that. She's, she is so strong. I've got a, She's dead. I've got a really quick question. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I was thinking about this at the end of the last episode. So, I mean, these are obviously kind of not abomination isn't the right word, but Jesus. it's um uh, what are these creatures called? So, roll me a knowledge local if you have it. I'm going to I'm going to do that. Seven. Uh-oh. <laughs> Eighteen. Eighteen. So you're not that aware, Errol. You're, you're, though your family has come in and out of this area over generations, you're still somewhat new. But you haven't grown up here, Poe. You, you've heard many mentions of the mole men, those that dwell underground. These are mongrel men. And from the whispers, though some legends, some aren't, you know that they tend to be some sort of human mixed with various facets of different animals, uh, be they crustacean, mammalian, avian, reptilian, whatever. It kind of runs the whole gamut. Um, but you recognize them right away. Now, it's tough to parse apart legend from truth because some say that they're murderous, you know, kidnapping like savages. Others say that they are just a people that live underground and wish nothing more than to be left alone. But you know that's what these are. And the tone and intonation they've been giving you is far more rational than you've ever actually been given uh, as far as how they've been perceived by those above. And so you know they live down here and you know that they've been here for as long as you've been alive, if not longer. Um, yeah. um, Lillian... Okay, so the guy with the horn just gestured to the other person. We yeah. can't hear any. No, it's it's this like uh, silent sign language that they're sharing between themselves. Oh, okay. And then Poe, do you relay that information to me? These are my boys, the mongrel men. And then I turn to the mongrel <laughs> men and I'm like, hey, <laughs> so here's the thing. I hear that you guys are murderous sometimes, but I know that you're not personally, so I got a proposition. How about this? We dig your boy out, and then if you want to kill us, we can have a proper standoff, but I'm not going to stand off with you with your boy dying. You know what I mean? Okay, well, let's dig him out. <laughs> you, appeal- <laughs> you appealing to the pressure of the situation definitely seems to, to sway them in one direction or the other. And he goes... I dislike the stereotypes that you assign to us, but it is 
<laughs> it is a time of great peril. Okay, so the way this works is that one of you can try and lift the stone, and then five of you can assist. So either the four of you can assist, or three of you can assist, and the two mongrel men that are there can try to assist instead. Can so, we hurt if we assist? You can only help if you assist. Is there any way to kind of take like a quick uh, look around to see if there's like, because you said there's like big towers and stuff and like a lot of stuff is collapsed, but is there any type of like structural like beam or something that we can try to like toss a rope around and tie it to the rock and maybe yeah. get some like leverage going? There's nothing that, nothing. that, that can about... provide any kind of advantage. Okay. I was going to say, what about a giant hammer? We put it in and crank it. Uh, no, unfortunately, that that won't be able to help you. That's like when the the whole way. So not to get too metagamey. So when you do a check, when you aid, the aid is uh, it's relayed in a couple ways. Like you give them a really good suggestion, or you physically aid them, or you give them a piece of like really important knowledge that allows their strength to be better. So whilst you're doing this and all this stuff, and you roll to aid, these things are kind of playing themselves out in the background. Lift with your back and with a jerking motion. Yeah. <laughs> Twisting. Just, just the back. Aid. None of the knees. Yeah. Straighten your legs. Lift with just your back as quick as possible. I'll aid whoever. Poe's not aiding. He is weak. Okay, so Poe won't aid. Oh. So we'll go ahead. You so can only the, help. So the two mongrel men will, mongrel will try and aid much instead. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go ahead throw? and do straight strength checks. So DC 15 to aid as per normal. So go ahead and roll and let me know if you aid. The mongrel right. men will aid in the background. I'm so gonna... am I rolling for the standard roll? But you roll uh, after. You wait after. Yeah. After. All right. Ooh, natural 15. Nice. So 17. 17. Aid. Aid. Nice. No, 11. Okay. I do not aid. Okay, the two mongrel men actually do manage to aid. Yay. So that's a plus six. All right. (laughs) Really tough to mess this one up, right? Am I right, everybody? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thank God. Uh, 16 with plus six, so. Are you still blessed? 22. 22. Um. I don't. I think blessed, blessed is plus two attack rolls and saving throws, but I don't think it's plus to my strength. Yeah. Yes. Um, but either way, twenty-two. You set your feet in and you go to push up. You hear the stone shift in such a way that as you leverage it, it does not move. <gasps> in fact, it it no. moves and it shifts, and you hear this like this screech come from underneath. Oh. But everything settles. The rock does not move. But you just hear this kind of like, I'm okay. Come come, come from underneath. Things have changed. But you are convinced at this point you will be unable to physically move the stone. All right. I'm going to stop before I make things worse. I was going to say, if you stop and let the rock go, is it just going to like settle and crush? Or do you need to hold it while we drag them out? Um, So... Now that it's shifted, you see that the trench that they have dug has become more advantageous. If you roll me a knowledge engineering, professional engineering, or profession minor, if you have it. I have profession engineering. To see if you can kind of figure out what's going on. (laughs) 14? As you go and you try to dig 
your hand slips some rocks cascade and the boulder shifts a large thud happens there's no noise no pageantry just standing abject silence the mongrel men move to the side you see the one that has the mandibles shudder a little and the one the half snake face try to console them and they start conversing fairly quickly back and forth in their nonverbal sign language what do you do well, gotta go. Do 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 do. Yeah, I mean, Errol's pretty distraught. Like he, honestly, like did his best, tried to encourage as much teamwork as possible, and he's like, he kind of falls to his knees and like hangs his head in his arms and is looking pretty, pretty disheartened. As you do that. The one with the half-snake face walks up, and he rests his hand softly on your shoulder, and he goes, It was not meant to be. This is not your fault. But we do appreciate you trying to aid us in this time. I'm sorry. We we did our best. We honestly didn't mean any harm, and we're doing everything we could to save him. And he, like, balls his fist, and he puts it in the middle of his chest. He goes, I am Lan. And then he takes his fist and he points at the other one and goes, And this is Tyra. We appreciate what you have done here today. Why are your peoples in this area? How have you found yourselves so far in our lands? And Errol kind of comes up to one leg and then puts his hand on his knee and kind of pushes himself up from his knees and says, uh, We have fallen into this large chasm we were above celebrating and it seems the world wound is opened and we find ourselves down here where we're trying to get back to the surface trying to get our friends back to the surface and he gestures back to Anivia, Gorgas and Aravashnail um, and yeah says please help us please help us find find the surface so as this is happening, they're all walking up, and there's there's speak of it. And Aravashnial comes up to Poe, and he puts his arm against Poe. Horgus walks him up, and he puts his arm against Poe. Hey he boy, goes, what, what 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 seems what seems to be going on here? What 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 is what what was that commotion and all that sound and noise and, and ruffling and, and and striking and 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 all these things? Well, here's the thing, Aravashnial. I hardly know what's going on ever, but there was a boulder. I fell on a guy. Dude, you should just be crying right now. I'm crying. It's so sad. There are people died. here. There, there are people underground as well. Did they fall with us? I don't know where they came from, or Vashnail. They just died. <laughs> Have some sadness or something. Well, it just I think it's strange that, that other people have also fell and, 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 and find themselves in this subterranean environment. You know what? That's actually true. That is odd. Hey, Alan. Lan. Is, is your name Lan? Lan. Hey, Lan. Hey, so I'm sorry for your loss. Let me just say, first of all. Second of all, Arvashnil wants to know where you came from. <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, so tactical. <laughs> he, 
He walks up, <laughs> and he like his snake fork tongue flicks out of his head real quick and oh, flicks wait, back wait, in. Let me let me tell you first. This is Aravashnail. He is blind. Aravashnail sticks his hand out into your back. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey boy. And this is Lon. He's our new BFF. It's, it's it's so good to meet you. How did you find yourself? Were, were you um, in amongst the festivities? And Lon's like, we are not. We dwell beneath with all that exists. And you see Aravashnil like light up. And he's like, oh my goodness. Are you an honest to goodness mongrel man? And he starts kind of like feeling his over the face and features just of laying Lon. his hands all over his face. <laughs> just being <laughs> way too intimate. And he's like, he's I have so many questions. First, were you humanoid and then ended up this way? Were you not humanoid, but your mother was and your father was? And he starts asking these really deep, penetrating questions that are super inappropriate for this time. But you can see that this, this academic curiosity that he holds is definitely overtaking him at this time. Yeah, Aravash now. Yes, so, yes, 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 yes. Here's the thing. I'm hungry, and you're hungry, and we should eat, and then we'll have this conversation after we all eat, and we feel better, and we cry because a guy just died. And he goes, well, well, well perhaps. Yeah. Mm, I see your point. Mm, these questions may be left for a better time. And he kind of, like, slinks behind Poe and, and puts his arm onto his shoulder to let you lead him but he he stops asking these penetrating questions but you see the mongrel men they're they're like lawn especially and in, in daira up there they they seem perturbed by whatever uh was just happening obviously they just lost their friend and the probing questions of their existence did not help you can see that asking them for any help or aid at this point in time it's going to be a little tougher so lou's going to step up at this point trying to kind of restore some faith in our group uh, towards them and uh, pretty much say, look, we just came from the other cavern. We saw the pile of bones and if I was to guess, it was your people who were amongst those bones. No? And uh, you see this kind of shadow fall over Lon's face. He goes, did you, did you find him? The one that steals the young I put an arrow through his eye myself. He's no longer a problem. And Lon takes a moment, and you see him straighten up a little. This has obviously been a tough day, filled with tough news. And he goes, you managed, I managed to stop him. I sure did. <laughs> I got the final kill, you jerk. <laughs> I started the battle and I ended the battle. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> and Lon looks at you and he's like, I have a feeling that you slept through most <laughs> of what was happening. He still has like, like colors blue, on. green, pink all over his face. And your hair is matted where you were laying down. Huh? <laughs> yeah. It's like dirt all in it. He extends his hand to Alu and he goes, At long last, the nightmare is over. I cannot tell you all that he has done, but I, and he nods at Dyra, and her have lost so many to his cruel and unusual experiments. My own child and her mate are amongst the many. For admitting that, Mm. give yourself a plus five. Any future diplomacy checks you might be having with him. I'll take it. 
but they they're sitting there and they're they still seem a little uncertain with what to do with you can i can i aid at all I mean, well, there's nothing. There's not real diplomacy happening. Like you're not yeah. asking oh. them of anything. So okay. I think obviously then the next point Lou would make is look, we are trying. We are oh, super French there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we are trying to get out of here. We fell and we need to get back to the surface. The world wound is open. Our people need us. So any assistance to get out of here would be much appreciated. Long ago. My forefathers fought to destroy the evil of the whirlwind. Perhaps we might be able to help you. Go ahead and roll a diplomacy. Can I aid now? Yes, you can. Yay. What do you say to aid? Um, well, Barb is going to set down the rock that she was lifting. To, to crush and... their friend's skull. <laughs> 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 and... She's going, and she's got. I like was a still okay. Tears. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Damn! She has some tears streaming down her face, and then she wipes them off, and she says, "I'm so sorry. We're just trying to get home. I'm so sorry. We're just trying to get home." All right, go ahead and roll. All right. Did my previous efforts allow Woo. an aid of Anya? Yes, you can. Okay. Yeah, twelve. Natural nineteen. That's an aid. Ooh. Yeah. All so right. You got a minus two, one diplomacy, plus, so that's still natural 18. So. Yeah. You got a plus seven total, buddy. Ooh, I fail this. <laughs> um, so, you know, right before I roll this, Alu, in response to the father comment, would say, as did my father, too. Oh, and Paul, Ooh. with that great bit of role playing there, why don't you take this nice, shiny Ooh. inspiration dice? Oh. <laughs> that was very well done. Way to, way to capture the moment <laughs> very you. well. For those who are wondering at home, inspiration dice works just like in 5e. Yeah, whenever you feel like it, you can roll 2d20. Take the better. All right, Aluka. Right. Awesome. 10 plus 15. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. So not only are they yes. friendly now, they almost seem damn near helpful. Woo! And you see this quick conversation happen between Dyra and Lon, and he goes, It's imperative to get you back to fight away the evils. We shall take you to Nyathlam. You can follow us, and like he gestures farther down the hallway. If we can get past this guard post through the various tunnels, we can get you to our home, and then hopefully we can get you out. All right, so he starts kind of like walking towards what's happening in and out uh, of the cave, or at least this current cave. Is there anything else of import in this area? I mean, it seems like... A pretty. I mean, I mean like you, with the collapse, like um, is there? As you as you're walking around, it just it seems like whatever may have been of worth was completely just, like subsumed by the collapse of the like okay. the buildings have all fallen, the towers are gone. There maybe was some armor in there, but it would take you hours, not longer, to dig it out. And it okay. probably like looking at what they're outfitted in, like kind of patchwork leather armor, like clubs, it wouldn't be worth it. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah, I was kind of curious if there was anything just immediately yeah. accessible, perceivable. Yeah. So. so you all keep walking and you keep heading down and suddenly Lon stops in their track and he, he falls down to a knee and he kind of like motions to you all to stop and do the same. And he goes, up ahead is a dangerous chamber. The spore Crawford lives and hunts there. It has taken many lives. So, 
If we need to, we may have to try to sneak through. Is there anyone, perhaps, that handsome gentleman <laughs> who's good at sneaking? Poe puts his uh, right hand over his chest and droops his left wrist a little limp. Oh, hey, this old guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll sneak up quite quietly and then poke mine. Hey, I heard you were looking for me. And then we'll continue <laughs> to sneak towards whatever he just pointed at, because when they're sneaking, Poe's a creeping. <laughs> <laughs> Poe's just always a creeping. <clears throat> yeah. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> Sneaks so well. He gets a solid nine. Oh, no. So as Poe enters the chamber, you trip. You're not sure over what. You go end over end, and you fall down this kind of small hill and and Shit, settle Damn it. into the bottom <laughs> of this pit. You you jump to your feet ready for a battle, but but the battle does not find you. You look and you see the satchel sitting right at the top of the hill. It had caught your foot. As your eyes adjust, you make out three bodies, two humanoid, one not. But whatever happened here happened a while ago, and you find yourself safe once more in this room. Gonna walk back up the hill that he just <laughs> fell down, sneakily. <laughs> Roll me another stealth check. So that goes at. That's a solid 17 plus 7. So you sneak up on everybody you were trying to help <laughs> earlier successfully. Hey, guys. Damn it, Poe. <laughs> I know. So sneaky, right? I know. Shit, mate. So, uh, terrifying. I am. And... Uh, yeah, so here's the deal. I snuck down there quite successfully. There's a satchel. Watch your step. I almost tripped on it. <laughs> One might trip on it. It's very easy to do. I won't laugh if you do, but just don't. And there's three dead guys, that's all. Did you check the satchel? Ew, no. What if it came from the dead guys? <laughs> Alu just looks in bewilderment, just kind of like... Uh, mouth agape and then just shakes his head and like <laughs> just Poe things, I guess. Yeah, Errol, Errol's gonna hold his, his shield, <laughs> hold his shield and axe it ready and kind of move slowly towards. Okay, so I want to I want a party order for this then. Okay. So we have Errol up front. Where's yeah. everyone? Where's everyone kind of following? I don't like the sound of that. I'll follow Errol. You follow Errol, so you're directly behind Errol. Anyone else? I'll go fourth in line. Fourth in line? Okay, who's third? <laughs> Someone's got to be third. I'll be third. Okay. And so bringing up the rear. <laughs> Just in case. The frontline fighter bringing up the rear. The I'm on it. Backline fighter. Um, so as you walk in, you see these two humanoid bodies. One seems to be gashed open. Uh, extreme violence having befallen them. Blood kind of smattered in and amongst the, the the kind of silty light dust that surrounds them. The other one, you see like mushrooms coming out of various pores and orifices, especially their mouth and nose having caused them to succumb to something. And the last one seems almost plant-like, but not like anything that most of you can recall. So what you're saying is we're playing The Last of Us now? Exactly. Okay, cool. <laughs> Just making sure. Click, click, click. They're, they're clickers. We probably want to run. I'm Ellie. This is Joel. Old man strength. 
<laughs> I played that game <laughs> a lot, actually. But... Poe points we, um... at the... No spoilers. Go ahead, Pub. I'm just going to say Poe points at the person with mushrooms popping out of their head. Do you see that? Do you want to touch his satchel, Alu? <laughs> it's How gross. Do you know his name? No, it's nasty, is nasty he face. <laughs> of course it is. Do you see how gross he is? It doesn't even matter. He was near the satchel. I don't know. He looks kind of like a fun guy to me. Oh, oh my god! Oh. Get out of my basement. <laughs> Good podcast, guys. I'll yeah, see yeah, yeah. No, I'm see done. Can we eat it? No, 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 wait, please. <laughs> Check the satchel, Lou. Do it. Um, Lily, wait, what wait, are wait. you doing? I feel like everyone's like just having <laughs> yeah, this yeah. shitty conversation and Lillian's maybe doing like some Lillian real work. I Lillian might be the only one who genuinely appreciated the fungi joke. Oh. Oh. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving you another inspiration. This. Just take it away, to be honest. Yeah, right? Give it. No, no. no I earned this. Let's call it even. <laughs> it was a gift. <laughs> it was a gift, Todd. I'm keeping the painting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you all enter the room. Alu and Poe are bickering. <laughs> Errol, Lillian, and Barb, what are you up to? I think Lillian is very interested in this plant and wants to see if she knows anything. And she wants to examine. Okay, uh, so you walk up. Go ahead and roll me a knowledge nature, please. That was a two. That's too bad. That's a nine. I'll it's a nine. You're not entirely sure. Anyone else with knowledge, nature, or knowledge, engineering can take a quick look. See here. I was disgusted by it. He'll take a quick look. See. He gets a twenty-four. Twenty-four. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. So per- well. perhaps you, having seen it earlier, and then Lillian inspecting it, you realize that it's a a basideron. So basiderons are a bit like if anyone who may be familiar with pitcher plants so it's they're basically like giant sentient pitcher plants what they do is they expel these spore clouds that can once like integrated into the respiratory systems of animals overtake them and kill them and that seems to be a little bit what's happening here it seems poe to you to match the description of spore coffer that lon gave you earlier Baby, I would not get too close to that. That's a basidron, and it is like a sentient pitcher plant, and it will fuck you up, girl. Its spores will latch onto your lungs, and you will have asthma and death, and you don't want that. Uh uh-uh. uh. So he relays the information. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's the Lillian doing? I'm sorry. Uh, she backs away, but is also very interested in whether or not, I, I suppose, maybe having already examined it, no new information comes to life. But she's very interested in whether or not these mushrooms growing out of the person's body would be useful. Call me a perception check. Mm. Put it in the bandolier. Stupid twos. Hang on. <laughs> Dice Give it. jail. Dice jail. Put it, put put it, it in the dice the my only d20. There we go. Be gentle. Be gentle. I can give you also a, a GM's d20 if you this so wish to hold this power gem. in your hand. Nails that is pretty. Nice I mean, job. I have one now, so I think. Just, uh, <laughs> all right. All right. If I roll badly, I'm going to regret it. What was your perception? Give it a good test roll. See, see. It was a four. Yeah. You're. You walk up. You, you're able to confirm kind of with the togetherness of the knowledge, nature, and the perception check that he definitely succumbed to uh, 
the mushrooms that grew out of them, the spores. And like as you're like, the mushrooms killed him, everyone walks up and he has this giant stalk of mushroom growing out of his mouth. And everyone's like, yeah, that's probably what happened. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seems appropriate. Um, what's everyone else doing? Uh, I, Errol is taking a closer look at the two dead bodies, uh, examining their what, what's on their person. Okay, that sounds good. That's what Errol's doing. Barb, what are you up to? Do we have any empty potion vials or you, like you do potion not. containers? Okay, I'm just wondering you if can it's helpful dump to like cure light wounds potion out. If you want. No. Yeah, why not? I was just wondering if it was. Let's valuable rip the to... mushroom out of his throat. Pour the cure light in it. No. Boom. Bada bing, bada boom. He's alive. And you, hang on, let me check the rules on this. You made an undead lich. Oh, oh no. <laughs> CR twenty five. Well, no, I was just we'll wondering if week. it's useful to collect the mushrooms to be used at a later date. I, like uh, they're like poisonous mushrooms, right? Uh, so it does not seem normally a survival on those mushrooms. Okay. If you'd be so kind. Can I do I, that I as well? I'd love to. Uh, you can in a yeah, second. Let me, okay. let me have Barb do it first. Mm, 13. 13. Why don't you roll that survival okay. as well? Because I, I am inspecting like kind that of both good. the bodies. You roll that. Right? Alu, what are you up to? Um, I'm also looking at the bodies and just seeing, I mean, can we tell, are they mongrel men or? They are human. Run me a perception on that one. Okay. How would you roll for that one? I oh, got yeah, 13 as well. 13 as well. Yeah, you y'all aren't, aren't entirely sure what's happening there. I got a 15 on my perception. So, Alu, as you go, they're checking out the mushroomed body. Uh, you kick over the one that has seemingly been injured and, and bled out. As you do so, you recognize an all-too-familiar sight. His tunic is covered with the white sword of Iomade, the white-winged say. sword of Iomade. Um, and it sits there, and it's strange to, to see someone down here with that sword. Um, roll me a knowledge religion, please. Ooh, natural 18 on the die, so that's a, I think a 20. You notice something very strange about both of them. So you, you see this first individual and then you see the second one. Normally, as you well know, though you may be the exception as a hunter of Iomade, that usually crusaders that fight in her name carry long swords. These two carry a spiked gauntlet and a glaive. Hmm. Very strange, very out of the ordinary. Um, I mean, do, do these bodies, I, I don't know if, it's, if I'm able to tell if these bodies are kind of relatively new, if they've been down here for a while. I'm just wondering if they might have fallen into the cavern. Though the mushrooms might malign the fact that they've been here for quite some time, you would judge that the bodies have been here for maybe two or three hours. I probably should have made you roll a heal check, but let's just go with that. <laughs> okay. I can roll that heal check. Roll that heal check for me. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going to do that. Ooh, that is a 25. Yeah, these bodies have been down here for like two to three hours. <laughs> Nailed it. Hello. These bodies have been down here for two to three hours. <laughs> anyway, so your group surmises I took a that these temperature bodies tests. have been here. <laughs> Newton's <laughs> law of cooling. Calculation. <laughs> Engineering problem. Yeah. How much, how much of the, the body surface is exposed to the outside compared to cover? But yeah, so also, you, you do Davis, notice that there, there is something amiss happening here. And I'll, I'll relay that to the, like, kind of in a muttering fashion, just... This is this is not normal. I mean, their weapons, they're different. Yeah, so while that's happening, is anyone going to go back and check out that satchel that uh, Poe checked? I was, checked yeah, I was just thinking about that. All right, Barb. Wait, but is it covered in anything Bab. that's going to give me, like, 
Bill's fever. It's not. Uh, <laughs> I've been what, hurt That's before. called metagaming, Barb. <laughs> and that was a different campaign. <laughs> not Stuck even with hand. a different GM. No, wait, that was just me. Anyways, roll fortitude save for filthy. No. Uh, <laughs> oh. uh, no. So we got that cloak resistance. It's, so it's yeah, all. that's true. So it seems that that was dropped perhaps where the battle started because it's it's a good distance from the bodies. Perfect. I'll call over Lillian and I'll say, come come check out this satchel. Well, it's a good, th- good thing you called her over because you find a potion, oh. a scroll, hey. and uh, 129 gold pieces. <gasps> oh. oh, okay. 129 is so specific. Did like a gold piece roll out? Can I look <laughs> around the satchel? To Sorry, see you find it? 128 gold pieces, 17 <laughs> silver pieces. And then whatever that is in copper pieces to make 129 gold pieces. <laughs> Don't be like this. Lillian's gonna examine the, the potion and scroll. Oh me that sweet sweet spellcraft. That was just okay, but it's gonna be 17. 17. It's good enough. You you found yourself once more the potion of cure light wounds. And a scroll of cause fear. What does that do? It causes bravery. (laughs) Hang on, I think I'm misreading this Wikipedia page. Let me just let me just figure this out. Is it K A Z? Causes fear. (laughs) fear. Um, But yeah, piton. Why you gotta piton? That was a low blow. Piton. Damn. (laughs) One day, Travis, I'll find out something you say wrong. And that day will be the day in the podcast because I always finish with the last laugh. Uh, I'll help you out with that. <laughs> and you can always edit that in afterwards. Yeah, too, it's true. <laughs> like, I'll just try my best Travis voice. The Rhino. The Rhino is attacking. The Rhino? The Rhino. Oh, Rhino. rhino? There you ah. go. Thanks. Way to, way to, way to play. You win. <laughs> way to softball it in. <laughs> and Lillian, uh, you would know that cause fear as a scroll is a witch's spell. In case, uh, I don't know, you mentioned before, you want to burn it, feed it it to your your burb, whatever. Feed it to the burb? (laughs) Eat this bird and you just like shove it in its mouth. I definitely missed something. Why are we feeding the bird is, But the thing that you find most of all that is the strangest is a bronze bullhead set inside both of its eyes, two brightly polished red gemstones. We're going to do an appraise check on that, Alex. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what is... <laughs> what is 18? 18. Well, an 18 will give you 50 gold pieces. Woo. Uh, Just for the red gems or for the whole thing? magic. Oh. That is indeed magical. And Ooh. whilst you find one in a satchel, Woody, while you enclose... Sorry, Alu, while you uh, inspect that body closer, mm-hmm. you find one much the same. You don't say. Yeah. So go ahead and roll me a spellcraft, Lillian. That was less great. A 10. A 10. You're not entirely sure what's happening. Okay. What we have here is a bronze bullhead with gems for eyes. And underneath <laughs> the... And it's worth about 50 gold. <laughs> you see the shopping the, network right now? No, you see the... Uh, what is it? The... Antiques Roadshow. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's like Bandit bronze bullhead found in dead guy's satchel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like parentheses, 50 gold pieces, question mark. 
<laughs> this is a great example of a dead guy's bronze gold, gold head. Uh, so as you say that, though, um, Haravashnial, he turns very quickly to the Horgus, and he goes, I must go over there. And Horgus is a little taken aback. For the first time, Haravashnial isn't really flitting. He's not being demanding. He almost asked in earnest. He's to be taken over there. He's, he's walked over there and he goes, dear child, if you could be so kind. Okay, and walk over to where he is, which is totally the opposite direction. <laughs> Horgus <laughs> is leading him and he can see. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's just in like a different cavern. <laughs> you can't even hear him. And you're like, where'd everyone go? <laughs> no, uh, I go ahead and hand it over. And, and he grabs your hand as you place it in his. In his and goes, Thank you so much, John. And he, he runs his hands along the curves of it. And uh, you watch him kind of taking what's happening. Natural 20 on that spot. Oh, attaboy. All right. And he holds it in his hand daintily. And he goes, it's just as I feared. And he holds it above his head. And he goes, this is the symbol of bafflement. I must be honest with you all. It has been a rather trying affair, all of us being stuck down here, but my purposes, and he kind of grabs Horgus by the shoulder, and why I live in Canabras is, well, it's, it's a front, and I must be honest. You see, I am a Rift Warden, as that word passes his lips and makes its way into Lillian's ears. Yeah, wasn't that something Maybe that... she can talk about it. Oh, no, because you don't know. Lillian, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, Errol doesn't know, but Paul fucking knows. <laughs> um. She's going she's gonna to halt and say that again? I am a Rift Warden. I am the one that stands on the line between those that breach into our reality and those that stand against the ones that prevent it. This proves all of my fears that these individuals, and he he says something that underlines his own suspicions. He's like, are they wearing clothing of a noble deity, perhaps Saren Ray or Desna or Iomade? They will say, yes, how did you know? Because for a long time, the cult of Baphomet has been making and integrating itself into the ranks, corrupting, destroying the good soldiers who have been trying to stave off that of the world wound. As a Rift Warden, I have one job and one job simply. To arm man against the onslaught of the evil that will one day overtake us if left unchecked. Those fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, um, and like Poe puts a cigarette out in the back of one of them. <laughs> <laughs> right into his nipple. Just to be. So he has that in one hand. Lillian's going to go take his other hand and do what Barb did earlier and trace and trace 
the spiral on his hand. He draws back his hand. He goes, yes, you're right. That is our symbol. And I apologize for the game of deception before, but I did not know who I traveled with. You must understand this corruption runs deep. That I was not trying to deceive you, but only protect myself in my fragile state. And he grabs out for your hand and misses terribly. <laughs> and then like grabs your face. <laughs> and please. And shakes your head. Find it in yourself <laughs> to forgive me. <laughs> You've been healed. And it pushes you back. And you find that your gout is gone. Oh. oh. Hallelujah. I didn't even know I had and it. And your checkbook, too. Yeah. So, but, but Lily, he, he admits that to you. What, what do you say? How do you feel? I think Lily's just trying to process this information. She has more questions, but she doesn't feel like this is the right time to ask That's more fair. questions. That's right. You can always try and talk to him a little bit later when the circumstances allow. But he admits all this to you. And he goes, perhaps it's best if we make our way up top as soon as we can. Because clearly this fear may have been the very reason why we find ourselves in this circumstance. And Alu, after hearing that these you know, evil spies are pretty much you know, penetrating the ranks of his own deity, his own god, is just so pissed at this notion that he goes to remove any symbol on each of these bodies of Iomide, takes off the armor, takes off the cloak, whatever, um, just because you know they are not deserving or worthy of that. Hey, uh, Alu, you look mad. <laughs> Understandably. <laughs> Why are you so mad, though? Uh, these... These men, or whoever these evil sp- souls are, are not deserving of Iomide's love and light. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's Iomide? She's the real homie. Uh, <laughs> you know that, like, you, you would be familiar, uh, Poe, from just kind of being and hearing, like, the various stories of the various good deities. Iomide is actually the warrior goddess. She is uh, good, and she fights basically for the rights of like noble peoples. You know that paladins tend to be that of Iomide. There are what what do you remember the name of the Knights of Knights of Ozum? Ozum, yeah. Yeah, that are that of Iomide. Iomide. They're they're an important like subculture of paladins that actually band together specifically to fight back the forces of the whirlwind. Mm. So, Especially in like kind of like within the crusade yeah. history, it, like within the last four crusades, like Iomide has been yeah. like paramount in all four of them. Yeah, and like she's the one that. And I think she was the one who and like announced the first crusade with the Knights of Ozum to do the first crusade, right? I believe so, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Paul, Paul is accurate. So you would know just like having been around cannabis for so Never long. Never mind, I know that. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. I'm, this is for Travis. This is, yes. this is for Paul. This is for Paul. Paul retracts his statement. Uh, Alu, are you or Paul is Woody? Woody, is Alu wearing any of Iomade's symbols I, outly? I am, in fact. On my armor, um, kind of on the, the shoulder pads, or I guess it's the shoulder pad, yeah. but there is um, kind of like a hand cut out 
with you know white paint on it, but the symbol of Iomade, kind of right there in it's, plain sight. It's crude, but it's obviously been put yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, because because uh, it's important to perhaps remember, yep. meta game wise, yep. that uh, Alu's actually not from here. They do not. You can't what? sit with us. <laughs> this cat person is not from here. <laughs> He's from Cat People Land. How no. did you see me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they but... do not deserve this symbol, and I will help you derope them. Thank you. Thanks. They certainly do not. But still does not put on a shirt, right? No. no. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. no. Just curious. Did, did Travis go to the bathroom? No. He's, just, he's helping. He's left the table to literally strip <laughs> the symbols of Iomade from, from others. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So you. S- yeah. I was going to say, as Lou is obviously, t- you know, taking off the armor and ropes and whatnot, he's also, I mean, you can imagine he just was told by this person who is apparently a rift warden that there's evil that's penetrated the ranks of his own you know uh you know the knights of ozum and that tim's kind of screwing with his head it's like how did how did he not notice this this whole time like how long has this been going for who can he trust so he's kind of thinking about that in the back of his Mm. mind during all of this as well well is there is there anything to like roll to see if it's like of the the people that are like knights of ozum or uh people that like follow iomade if they had turned or if it was literally people that were like planted into it to infiltrate like you honestly would have no idea yeah i mean aravashnial probably has the best inside line on it and even his people's like it's rumors that he's operating off of and this has but they don't know if people have been like turned or if people have been planted i think either way it's pretty corruption in general yeah i think either way it's pretty disconcerting for yeah no that shit's fucked up yeah uh, you Jokes. look around the room though, and you're you're all fairly confident that having looked at the bodies and then all looked at the satchels and the creatures that you probably found most of the things in this room. Lon, watching like uh, Lillian probably wrestle with this new information, sitting kind of off in a corner silently. Uh, Alu and Poe kind of like stripping these bodies of any kind of you know uh, pageantry that may have been associated with Iomade. Long comes up to Alu in particular, puts his hand on his shoulder and goes, It is time that we need to move on to Nyadlo. And he gestures onwards. He gestures towards a tunnel. And you take your time. And for the first time, you find yourself walking. Now granted, again, Anivia being in a hobbled state does slow your walk. But you spend an hour, an hour and a half, two hours and then suddenly these dark caverns that were laying in front of you and I'm sure a bunch of you have been laying down light every so often just to keep the the way lit you see light off in the distance at first a flicker and then it it fills the hallways then eventually you find yourself once more in a giant room but this room so much larger than the one that you had ever found yourself in before. Surrounding you in this cavern, you see tunnels. This cavern stretching for hundreds, if not thousands of feet. Every so often, a medium humanoid-sized tunnel uh, has been put into the sides of the wall you see on the second story much the same you see signs 
You see various symbols denoting a store, a forge, a bar, a restaurant, a society that has existed here for far longer than you could care to calculate. The time it would take to exhume these spaces far beyond your various comprehensions. You walk in and amongst these tunnels and you see the residents poking their heads out of small windows, little caverns, trying to get a glimpse of the strangers that have come to their hometown. At the far end, you see one man standing there rather jovially. He sits rather rotund, his face very mouse-like, his nose squished to a point, his ears cupped, and he extends his hand, and he goes, Welcome! Oh, welcome, my good friends! And he gestures to Dyra, and he gestures to Lon, and he goes, I am so happy, I was worried, but we had lost you in the seismic activity that had befallen us. And he gestures them to his side, and he outreaches his hands to you, and he goes, And who might these kind folks be who guarded your way back to us? My name is Errol. We've found ourselves in this cavern. We've been moving through it. We came across your your comrades. And I'm sorry to say we tried to, to save another one of yours, and we were unable to, but Lon and Dyra have been been kind to us, and we're, we're trying to find our way back to the surface. Yes, well, I may be able to help you with this matter, but now that it is now a small issue. And who else is in amongst your party? Hi, I'm Barb. Hello, Barb. <laughs> you look really cool. <laughs> Do you it's, want to, like, hang out and get some stuff? It's the new cloak. It suits me. <laughs> I like that it stops <laughs> right below your shoulders, as if it was for someone much smaller. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything to say. Just hanging out in the background. Ready I was, to get the I was looking for a simple introduction. Oh, okay. Hello, uh, kind of put my hand to my chest and just do a very small bow. She'll curtsy and say, hey, really, hey. <laughs> Bond. As James you Bond. curtsy and you do that, you watch his eye as it's drawn up to your lapel. And he fixates. Eyes on are up here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> on them. Sweet. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> on, on the on the brooch that you found earlier, and he he not he has been nodding in kind to everybody, but you see that his nod has this faint, almost imperceptible pause before he he again nods to you in kind. I'm also gonna put my hand over my chest, but then do that same <laughs> wrist action. My name is Poe. Love to be in your presence. And I love that you're here. Oh, man, such a good time. So excited. <laughs> Welcome to Neathlehom. If you come in peace, which I have no doubt my great brethren would not have brought you otherwise, but then by all means, 
will help you find yourself steadfast and ready to enjoy perhaps some respite before you need to go where you need to go. You have any questions for him at this time? Yeah, you, you said that the path out of here is not an easy one. What, what do you what do you mean? And he takes some time, he pauses. I will say there's a there's a problem. The men and women that stand before you were not all that once ranked among us. There were others. Many more. And he like gestures. And you for the first time realize that these hovels, these tunnels, only half of them are lit. It's interspersed and it's strange, but they seem to be missing people. There was something. There was someone who came and found them. She split us. She used her faith. Her name was Hussle. She came through. She demanded us to follow her gods. I am but a simple man asked to be chief, to lead our people in peace. But she wanted nothing but war. There were those that stood with her, and it is not her way to argue. So we let her take them. Now, where you would like to go, they stand guard in our old fort. Between the top and the below, they are the buffer. We we came across some corpses, to say the least. They were donned with Iomidae armor, but not classic day weapons, but they also had these bronze bullheads of Baphomet. Are these the people you speak of? Those are them. They're great pretenders. And he pulls back his kind of like, you know, uh, threadbare, almost cardigan. And below you see something that's very familiar these silver butterfly wings. And he goes, we have long followed the gods of our forefathers. I follow Desna, others follow the great deities in their wake. These are the pretenders. We know that they wear the clothes of only to hide their guilt. They are nothing but violent and dangerous. Indeed, they are pretenders, and mark my words, I will help bring them to justice. I say kind of very, you can tell that Lou's pretty irritated right now, just in general. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell from the, the guy's interactions that he he's trying his best to be as diplomatic as possible and cordial, but his eyes will not be like stripped away from what he sees on Lillian's lapel. And finally, his hand's kind of ringing. That that sigil that you wear, that's very very strange. Where did you find it? I unpin it um, and hold it toward him, and I say, uh, I let him know that we found it at an empty camp. He takes it, and he 
holds it and weighs it in his hand, and he turns back to you and he goes, This camp, what condition was it found in? It was really quite empty when we got there. Fortunately, we found a few large things there. And he clutches it in his hand, and you see this kind of bereft look pass across his face. He goes, It was not the insects that would have stopped my son. Was something far more nefarious, I have no doubt. And he turns to you and he goes, If you would not mind, might I keep this? Yeah, she'll curtsy and just kind of back away. Sense motive? Yeah. <laughs> you can sense motive. Why not? Dude just clearly loves brooches. <laughs> and looking at boobies. I mean, I think and he gets to do it, both at the same yeah. time. Yeah. It was yeah. worth some amount of There we go. It's not great. That's not about a poignant moment land. <laughs> yeah, you're certain he's just like, his son's like super dead. <laughs> Damn. Just wanted to make sure he could be alive. Uh, Lou's going to pull out the other bullhead too. Say, you tell us more about exactly what this is. Imagine if you will, an area that would benefit only those that are evil. That's what that does. It casts a spell empowers though that would do all wrong and as long as you hold those in your pocket it will do nothing but be a weapon of your own destruction kind of look down at it and to Aravash is there any way we could change this or get rid of whatever aura is coming from it is there anything you could possibly do you see Yusa's eyes searching underneath uh Blood-stained bandana. Well, not not, not here, but but perhaps in, but, but perhaps up top. I I myself or, or my colleagues, we we could we could destroy it, dispel it. That there's something we could do there, but but here I I am useless. Well then, perhaps you should hold on to it for now. I think it would be of no benefit to us. I I think that's best. And, and he takes yours, and he actually had kept the other one from earlier. Okay. So he has both of them on his person now. <laughs> if we come across something evil, we'll just turn him and tell him to run in the other direction. Run! <laughs> and he just runs headlong as fast as he can into a wall. <laughs> and he gets knocked unconscious. Out of Ashnil, dimension door as far away as possible. <laughs> <laughs> dimension door ended like five feet right behind him. Oh, no! <laughs> I, have to, I have to envision where I'm going. Oh no! Uh, in your mind's eye, I mean, Yara it's, it's dark everywhere in the cave. You um, can't see anything. It's like the so. Same. <laughs> you all have this this cordial conversation. And he just turns to you. If, if you need help, I can help you. But but I insist. If, if you want to stay, restock. We are simple peoples, but you can find yourself the simple needs that you require. And if you so wish to take time, you can. And then when you're ready, we can lead you where you need to go. We would appreciate any hospitality you have. We're running low on food and supplies. We lost a lot of our gear when we fell into the crevasse. Time to get in those sweet, sweet city stats. So as promised, Boom. You guys ready for some ultimate campaign details? Oh, so shit. So you are in your first official interactive city. So Neathlaham has a couple things going on with it. It has a corruption score of plus zero. That's true neutral, people. No Ooh. evil, no good, just good. 
Uh, it has a crime of minus five, an economy of minus two, but it's law plus two, decent law, a lore minus one, society minus four. That doesn't mean much right now, but it will be important when you end up leading armies yeah. against some sweet, sweet peeps. Um, it is very dangerous though. The government is an overlord, technically. That is what this, this nice gentleman you've been talking to is. Uh, and the population, 100% mongrel men. Who saw that coming? I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, we kind of did as well. That's fair. Uh, the marketplace that you can buy from has all manner of standard gear. Uh, it only has a few minor magical items. Uh, eight plus one arrows, a plus one buckler, a ring protection plus one, and earth elemental gem. I'm just letting that out there for the viewers to know that a lot of places that you're going to stumble upon have limited minor items that you can purchase. And that's just an example of what's happening. So what we're going to do, uh, we're going to do a little bit of off-air math. And then we're going to come back. I want to see what everyone else purchased. Let's go shopping! Woo! Pause for Reddit. <laughs> All right. So what did everyone decide to purchase? We'll go around the table, Lillian. I assume because you've been harping on me for it. You bought some vials. <laughs> I bought vials. Woo! <laughs> um... Poe, what did you buy? Poe's trying on some heavy armor. Guys, what do you think? Does it fit? And then he has no proficiency with it, so it falls off his shoulders. And it makes you look <laughs> fat. I <gasps> thought so, too. I agree. Put that back. I will have nothing. Where did you find armor with the nipples cut out? <laughs> <laughs> I did that myself. <laughs> it changed. We should all it leave chafes. because this guy's going to get real mad at me. <laughs> we, we destroyed his product. Let's leave. Barb, what did you get? Uh, I got nothing. I'm still just pretty stoked about no one, my cloak. You didn't know anyone wanted a rope? Anyone? Rope? Oh, rope. we only have like 10 foot of torn rope covered in guts, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think oh, we talked it? about it yeah. in the break. We okay. did. Yeah. Rope. We do need just, rope. Just one thing, a hemp yeah, rope, we I gonna, think. Yeah, we were going to give it to a bunch of, bunch of hemp ropes. Errol, because Errol. he can carry Errol. Oh, yeah, because he can carry. I'm the, He's the, little the ass of the grip. Ali, what'd you get? Eight. That was not Errol's accent. Eight arrows. Eight arrows. All right, perfect. And then Errol, did you get anything? Eight arrows. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Prepare uh, for the all podcast, uh, Paul. Uh, <laughs> all Paul, all the podcast. Errol, 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 featuring right. Errol, Errol, Errol. So you got that. So whilst you were shopping, you also had some some downtime. Was there anything in particular that people wanted to do whilst you were doing this? I uh, would like to chit chat with. Aravash. So uh, the three individuals you brought into the city, um, they kind of drop them off at the entrance, and, th and they seem to be taken care of, fairly well taken care of. Uh, they're sitting around a table, kind of talking jovially back and forth. They, they all know and have heard of each other, and I think they're excited to have made it back to some solid ground. Y you approach, and, and the three of them are sitting there. Uh, she's gonna kind of scoot in towards um, Aravash and try not to like disrupt the conversation, but um, she's gonna like nudge him and try to get his um, attention. When she does, she's going to ask him, um, "What do you know of? What can you tell me about Rift Wardens?" So you you arrive at just a pretty opportune time. Horgus and Anivia uh, again seem to to be going at it about something fairly silly, uh, but they both have strong opinions as they are a strong little people and they're they're kind of sniping at each other. Aravash turns to you and he goes, well, 
Well, I know some, but not all. But that depends on, on, on what you would care to know. Well, that symbol, we found it back in the temple. And I also have one very similar to it on my butt. And he takes a moment. You, you have it on your person. Child, who, who were your parents? Where, where do you come from? That's a long story. Were so for the next three hours, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 just see this montage of Aravash turning, tired like, and more tired. putting on <laughs> outfits, Lillian putting on outfits, but actually they're just discussing life stories and they do this for visual reasons. Um, but but Aravash is like, your parents, were they? And he like, his throat catches on the words. Were they like me? Were they part of the protectorate? I didn't know them that well. I, I didn't know them at all. But I remember that they used to wear this symbol. Hmm. Something I I do not know. Whispers, stories, fables. I have heard that float around and amongst the the members that a child may be marked if if her parents are are, are caught or lost inside the whirlwind. That's why we derive our symbols from someone very much of your status so long ago during the first crusade. I I'm sorry I have no more answers, but it's it is something worth looking into, and I promise that, that it is, is not sheer happenstance that you find yourself festooned with this mark. So you're saying that my parents are in the world wound? It's would seem as though that may be where they have fallen. Were you raised by them? Or did you find yourself in the care of, of others? Option B. <laughs> Option C was Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. Oh, why'd you pick that one? Oh. Motorcycle Missed. sound. You answered way too soon. Um, <laughs> that's... Yes. If we can make our way back up, and if I can heal my eyes, perhaps I can provide you with more answers. But I assure you that, that we are on the side of good and that we stand to help you and, and many others that have lost much, if not more, to the world. Thank you for telling me. this. Of course, and I must say once more, I apologize for my deception, but... These are trying times. And he laughs a little. But when he says this, he's not looking at you. And just like, ha, 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 ha. And like high fives, nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I order beers and we have a montage of laughter. Yeah. The beers come in like tiny bone cups made out of some sort of creature that you're sure is really large. And you're like, oh my God. But then you forget and you drink beer. <laughs> yep. That's what happens. Uh, does anyone else want to do anything? So as that conversation kind of 
dissolves a little bit and they join back in the group, Barbara's going to walk up uh, in the group with Lillian and the three NPCs. And she is like sharpening her fire giant's great sword. And oh, good I got you. sound effects. Thank I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, no. We, Sarah. Sarah. Hi. Can what? you sound effects of a uh, great oh, sword God, being sharpened on a whetstone? <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah, it's like steel on steel or something. It's good. Uh, sharpening a sword with another sword. Steel sharpening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that how you that's sharpen a, your sword? That's a term. <laughs> steel sharpens steel. Anyways, so as Barb is doing that, um, she kind of turns to Aravash Neil, um and the others, and she says, I, I, I think it's going to be pretty dangerous where we're going, and a few of you might not quite be fit for the journey. I think that maybe you should stay back um, and and we'll come back for you once we clear a path. So our Vashnial is pretty uh, tied up talking with Lillian, but Horgus and Anivia put their, their needs aside for the moment and Horgus turns to you and he, he grabs your hand and he goes, I would be most remiss to send someone as lovely and delicate as you into such dangerous circumstances and as he holds your hand your hand is like twice the size of his and he like strokes it trying to be a strong male figure but it's really not looks like a little baby's hand and and, yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm baby like johnson can you roll a perception (laughs) check to see that that's unwelcome um but as he does that nivia's like oh stuff it horgas you know you can't do anything you're basically worthless don't get me wrong i understand that you have a great standing in our society but with nothing in your hand you probably can't do anything this side of what that woman has been doing for you this entire time we've been in these great hostile depths and like orgus stops and he's like i'll have you know that i am a man of both culture and combat and if i had the time and the rapier in my hand i would be a devastating force for good well then why don't you go grab yourself a rapier and and join their side well i can't you know fact because none of these backwater locations have a rapier and as he says this there's like a big blinking sign behind him that says rapiers 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 it, <laughs> yeah. it's like <laughs> best rapiers on this <laughs> all of canabras <laughs> yeah exactly it is an unfortunate circumstance but i <laughs> must admit that it is perhaps best if i am left to protect those that have been hobbled like myself by these terrible circumstances and Anivia turns to Barb and he says, I think you might be fine without us, though I appreciate your asking. But don't forget us once you've managed to make your way through. We definitely won't. I... <laughs> and then dust falls from the ceiling and she sneezes. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, Lillian just sneezed over there. Oh, oh. I, they must be having a very in-depth conversation <laughs> that caused her to sneeze. I think... Errol is kind of in the area, you know, grabbing, grabbing pints. He's missed, you know, a day or two of pints. You find yourself <laughs> in a mongrel man bar. Anyone else decide to join Errol for some pints? Hey, yo. I'll join Errol for some pints. You're doing something. Yeah. You can't be everywhere. You're busy. <laughs> yeah. You can't be oh, in two places okay. at once. Send Beauregard over. <laughs> <laughs> 
you just see like a pint like it upends itself and it's so you're like what's going on uh yeah it's uh Go ahead. Yeah, I think Lou's needing of a pint after finding out that potentially, you know, there's an infiltration of evil amongst good yeah. in his ranks. But what are you doing? Brooding. Hey, Chief. My <laughs> name is Poe. What's your name? Oh, my name is Chief Charlotte. So nice to meet you. So nice to meet you. So you mentioned that the baddies are in your old fortress fort and that we have to get through it to get to the surface. So here's yeah. the thing. I don't like conflict. You don't like conflict, and we can be besties. So, how do you know of like a secret passage that we could go in and not just walk through their front doors and die? I wish I could give you better news. That's uh, your ability to look for non-combatants in these rather difficult times is is laudable, to say the least. But unfortunately, uh, the the current earthquakes and destruction have closed all but the single exit. That's unfortunate. That is, that's... You want to have a beer? Well, no, well... You're damn right I want a beer. <laughs> Let's do it, big boy. And then, uh... Errol, smash cut. <laughs> yeah, smash cut. Errol and Alu <laughs> as Poe and Chief Soul walk outside. Yeah, and Errol and Alu are having kind of a in-depth conversation about deities and... D&Ds? Deities. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, We're having a, an in-depth discussion about deities and, you know, what we've encountered down here in the last day, day and a half, almost two days now, and, you know, Errol's missing, you know, when, when the world wound opened, he had to sacrifice his pint, and he's he's missing that, so he's he's pretty heavy into his pints right now, and he looks over to Alu and he says, I can't, I can't imagine what these people have been through. We've been here for a day and they've suffered lifetimes of conflict, it seems. It's truly inc- incredible how isolated they are. I, I wonder how, how is it possible? I mean, we've got... Osilla, I think her name was. <laughs> right. <laughs> On one side, <laughs> and this crazy dwarf that we finally killed, they must have been trapped here forever. And, and the Mongol men, the, the Temple of Torag we found that was desecrated, and these soldiers of Iomade that have been turned into corrupted cultists of Baphomet. Hey. I can't imagine what these people have been through. But there's one thing that I know. I think this is a sign from both of our gods. We're here to purge any sort of evil influence over this area. Obviously, these people needed our help. And this evil has been corrupting from within. So maybe we can find out the source, the cause, destroy the roots. I'm glad that you are here with me. I'm happy to be here with you as well. Do Cheers, I- mate. Let me raise our, raise our pints and clink them together. Aww. So as, as this is happening, uh, you see that walks into the mole hole, which is the name of this tavern, which is really self-deprecating when you think about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you see Poe and you see Chief Soul walk in. 
and Poe, you, you walk up to the bar and you see this handsome, dark-haired, hazel-eyed man standing there. And everything about him seems completely normal. And he's shining glasses, listening to his patrons speak about their deities. What do you do? Are you French? Because my Damn. <laughs> Welcome to the Madame joke in every episode. First T-shirt, flat out. Uh, That's a good one. Well, no, I, I, I am not. It's a. Uh, it's nice to meet you. My name is Steven Stonestrider. Oh. Steven, my name is Poe. Uh, me and Chief here want to have a drink. What do you recommend, big boy? And he goes, oh, well, yeah, there's all kinds of great stuff. There's a, a milk slog. There's a mud slog. There's a water slog. Well, there's. Bacteria gets in most things, so uh, most things, when you sit them around for long enough, get pretty alcoholic. <laughs> well, uh, I don't mind me. And he uh, looks at his rag, realizes it's dirty, takes off his shirt, and he uh, is absolutely shredded. And Barb uh, somehow hey-o. appears in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, <laughs> well, while this is happening, you can say that your conversation is filled up and you all have funneled slowly in. And this Stephen Stonestrider, this, this immaculate... Like visage of a man stands there, if in defiance of the situation that you believe is happening, and he starts using his shirt to uh to you know polish a couple more glasses. He's like, but honestly, it's just it's just nice to have some company. Good to see some fresh faces. Errol challenges them to a push-up contest, <laughs> and he goes, "Well, I could try, but I mean, look at you, you're stout. Someone tells me if I could give you all the things in the world, you'd probably still move twenty feet per round." Or listen here, motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, holds, I, holds him back. <laughs> yeah, he's holding him back. Hold, hold him back. Hold him back. You, you seem jovial enough, but I just—that's not for me. Anyways, Barb doesn't have. Pearls. Oh, hey, there's some two ladies coming in. Nice to see you, two ladies. Oh, look at you. You look real sad. And you're real big. Oh man, it's real big to both. Oh, what's wrong with you? Oh man, yeah, I probably shouldn't say anything because you might murder me with your spells. Anyways, do 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 do. He knows an awful lot about us. Yeah, really. Stephen Stone Strider so is just happy. To be employed, okay. and he, he is magic. hideous oh. for mongrel men. Oh. He was Aww. born with no animal parts, <laughs> with these disgusting muscles that ripple under his skin. <laughs> he has no extra appendages, no bug eyes, zero crab claws, and not a lion's tail to think of. Do we have a vile? No grease? extra appendages. <laughs> no extra appendages. Well, I mean, he has the normal. Oh boy. <laughs> We're gonna stop. <laughs> We're going there. What brings you kind folks to this uh, this rather hairy neck of the woods? I'm looking for you, big boy. Can we flash forward to when everybody's drunk? <laughs> yes. And we and flash forward to when everybody is drunk. Uh, Do they have like Errol's a... arm wrestling with a Lou? <laughs> yeah. Do they I'm have like a glowing world. green cocktail from like the <laughs> bioluminescent <laughs> stuff on the walls? Oh, they, right. I'll be drinking one of those. Yes, the, <laughs> and some dry ice in it so it like smokes perfectly. And like he uh, he puts some like drops in it, like these various small spheres. And Rufies. then like when he puts them, when he, when he lets go the top of it, uh, these like small bugs like crawl out because clearly they just gestated inside your drink. I will and drink he's like, Don't worry. anything he hands me. <laughs> As uh, Stephen Stonestrider turns around to fill your drinks, uh, you see the back of his head is covered with this strange mass of tumors. The strange mass of tumors goes, and he turns back around and he's he's shining his he's shining his glass and he goes, oh don't mind Walter. He gets uh he gets mighty talkative when he sees people and you just hear. 
<laughs> What's that, Walter? You want to talk to these kind of folks? And he turns back around, and this like tumorous horde just is. <laughs> he goes, oh, oh, Walter, always joking about race and gender in an inappropriate circumstance. Don't mind him. He is a bigot. I think I heard the words, kill me? <laughs> oh, he says that all the time. Boat only knows I've tried. <laughs> he grows back even stronger. Oh, Oh, Walter. Barb pulls out her tumor pamphlet and she's like, ooh, that is not a good tumor. <laughs> <laughs> like, this this might malignant. Be malignant. malignant. <laughs> it's an Oma for sure. <laughs> Some sort of Oma. Uh, <laughs> Some sort of Errol Oma. orders uh, two large pints to go. All right. And he, and he gives you uh, two pints of spoiled water and he oh. slides them across but he does a really bad job and he just like they both tip over and then he has to pour you two <laughs> new ones and he just hands them to you a little defeated but you realize for deception is he not actually striking <laughs> and young and handsome and we were under a spell the whole time roll me a sense motive a sense motive indeed what's happening in this bar something i mean he just spilt my an two. 11 an 11 I mean, you're certain that this is an elder god that has taken humanesque form, or <laughs> you're really drunk and you're not quite sure. It's one of the two. Yeah. And so then the tentacle came down, and you know what I said? I was like, you know what they say, where there's tentacles, there's room for loving. And I took my sword out and I charged. <laughs> oh, Po, I always like the stories when you come in here, like today, and well, mostly just today. Yeah. <laughs> It has been the last most few hours have been the pleasure of my life. Oh look, here comes my mother and my father, <laughs> and this and this beautiful woman walks in, and then this, uh, well, a tumor ball rolls in next to him, oh. and he goes, "That's my father." <laughs> <laughs> well, that explains a lot. <laughs> like a meatball. Like meatwad from Aquati. After a hearty night of drinking and. Really just having it on with Stephen Stonestrider, his family, and good old Walter. You find yourself again at the feet of Chief Soul. He has in his hand a satchel full of some things and, and a morning star. He beckons Lillian over. Lillian, it's... It's after such a great evening of drinking with you and your compatriots in the mole hole. I, I really want to just thank you. But also, I want to just give you this kindness for giving me a little bit of insight into what happened to someone I cared for so dearly. And he hands you a morning star. Morning star, beautiful, it's immaculate. Seems to be radiating some kind of magic. I take it and immediately fall over under its weight. Um, <laughs> I'm quite weak. Yes. I'm very smart. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to figure out what this radiating magic is. That's a natural twenty spell and, and and while you fall to the ground it hits you in the face and you hit the ground with its face and you and all those things happen at once, you are like so certain it's a plus one morning star. Oh, how much damage? Uh, I think it's one d eight for morning star. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Um, and he. But I think they're bludgeoning and piercing. So they it's are. Like you can nice. choose. Yeah. Um, but something else that's also important is as he hands it to you and you fall over under its weight, he goes, "Just for, for me, for the bastards that took 
One of the most precious gifts in the world for me. Just knock their head in with it. Then he hands you a satchel full of many heavy liquid-filled vials because you have already upended yourself. He goes, and take this as well. And you're like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Errol will reach out and (laughs) alleviate the bag. So you you take the bag from under the weight and uh, you find uh, several potions inside. Yeah, so he kind of filters through and grabs some of the potions and detects magic, kind of washes over them with that. And uh, As uh, Chief Soul watches you do that, he goes, no need for such things. I can, I can tell you quite simply that there are many great gifts in there. Six potions of Thrillite wounds and three potions of lesser restoration. You look to the corner as he gestures and you see Lon sitting and waiting there for you. And goes, Lon will show you the way. Seems like uh spend a little more time than usual on this one. You you kind kids and kiddos wanna have a little more fun? Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Yeah. Alright, so gestures. <laughs> Sorry. Do you kids and kiddos and full adult Travis wanna have a little more fun? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Lon slinks inwards and I will show you where you need to go, and let us know once you make it to the surface. It sounds like my peoples once more need to help in the ongoing fight against tyranny as it pours forth from the world wound. We will send for Arvashnil, Hogarth, Hogus, 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 that's the one. We will send for. Still hung over. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh god, yeah. we're all kind of squinting our eyes. Just like... <laughs> it's so bright in this cave. <laughs> oh, the darkness is so bright. Can you turn down those mushrooms, <laughs> please? We, we will. We will send for Arvashnial, Fogus, and Nevia, almost. But if you need anything from us, from here on. We will, we will be there for you. I guarantee that. I promise that. He bows in a fairly strange way, one that seems all too reminiscent of your good friend, Stephen Stonestrand. Uh, and uh, you all kind of make your way towards the outpost. Now, as you approach the outpost, um, there, there are a couple of things. The always become more winding, things become more treacherous. The care of various alcoves that you have seen before, perhaps bailing of water, uh, correcting of stone that is sloughing off the sides, has gone without notice. Whoever was doing their best to make sure the caves were well maintained before has stopped out of fear, out of reason. You don't know, but it gets much hairier as you keep walking. You approach a single hallway and as you do so Lon simply beckons and goes and you will find far more dangerous people than myself and let me tell you one simple fact as they may look like me they are not they are dangerous they are murderous and they have had their minds 
darkened by Osella. I am useless, but I bear you good luck. And he kind of bows as he as he slowly backs away. Elu speaks up and says, We will take care of the pretenders. Free you from her tyranny. And does a small bow. So you see something very simply ahead. You see a couple barricades. Over the top of each barricade from this distance, you can make out the heads half almost goblin-like, half almost arthropodic insectoid. Not paying that much attention. There, if only by exercise, but for no other reason than simply to stand guard. They have not yet noticed you. What do you do? Errol, being at the front of the pack, would like to quietly whisper to the group, I'm going to charge in and draw their attention. You guys follow quickly and dispose of them. He's going to essentially do a surprise round to move into range. So he's going to pull out his shield and his dwarven war axe. Let me see if you get a surprise round real quick. Okay. Poe pulls out his sword and turns into a fox. <laughs> load the crossbow. <laughs> load the crossbow. I prepare this action. Yeah, I think we're. It's given we're all prepared if we're if we're doing this too. Who took the morning star, Lillian? Lillian. Ooh, she's got she, all kinds She's of still ones. like like you all are like. Up she there. pulls she's it like, out in like a ground. Two hands just dragging it behind her. <laughs> Hang on, I have to kill someone with this. Um, yeah, that's going to be a natural one and a natural three. So whatever surprise round you wanted to go going. So my surprise round, I, so prior to the surprise round, I wanted to cast Shield of Faith on my shield. So Errol turns to the party and tells them, I'm going to go in and draw their fire, follow behind quickly. And you see him kind of tighten his grip on his shield and like give like a good like woof to it and you see just like this light kind of frame the outside of it and he casts shield of faith on it what does shield of faith do buddy gives him a plus two to his ac against uh, anything anything right. just oh, plus good. two ac but he, he can only cast that once a day and it's based off of his uh touch of divinity all right so uh let's so just, he's gonna before before you act because yeah. this is going to be the surprise round. <clears throat> uh, anyone else want to do anything? All this yeah, time? Lillian offers the morning. Do you want this? <laughs> no. I have my war axe and my people, and it is much better. No offense. Um, if it's possible, I'd like to prepare an action and just kind of draw my bow and get ready, and the second combat starts, and uh, Errol's had his surprise round shoot a shot. Okay. Poe has turned into a fox and drawn his sword, so that was his surprise round. Uh, and smiled. It's, all right, sorry. Well, reaction. Uh, all right. Everyone, roll, um, let's roll for initiative. I'll take it. I don't, I don't care. I'll, I'll hold you on You can also give that. it to, like, Alu. I don't know if Alu has, like, any kind of... Yeah, I mean, like, Anybody I... Who wants it can take I also it have the Masteric Warhammer, so... 
I rolled I'll, two fourteen. I mean, I'll take it. I just have a dagger as a yeah. Yeah, it'd be good melee it'd be weapon. Good, it'd be a better weapon than yeah. your dagger. Just in that's case that's you find sure. yourself that is. I will take Both this and use it with. All right. Everyone roll and let's do this thing. Barb got a thirteen. Seven. Fourteen. Teen. <laughs> Oof. Uh, These are rough. I didn't do much better. I got a 12. Did you roll 14 or 25? Lily? I got a 25. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to s- reference 55? Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. So, uh, go ahead and take your surprise round, and then we'll we'll jump into combat so, here, everybody. Yeah, so prior to the surprise round, cast Shield of Fate, and then Olu, or sorry, Errol is going to just kind of charge in and that is his that is his surprise round so he's just right at the forefront all right in full sight now we're in the middle of combat alu it is your turn first indeed i believe you have ready action actually so you can unleash your ready action and then you can go again also indeed (laughs) stop saying indeed (laughs) Indubitably. <laughs> Brought to you by Indeed.com. No, yeah, get a job. 17. <laughs> 17. It's a hit. Flat-footed. Were you hitting? You, you, so I'm hitting. So the... let me just set the stage in front of you. You have two different mongrel men, one behind each barrier. One barrier ever so slightly in the front, the northern one. One barrier ever so slightly in the back, the southern one. Are you aiming at the northern one or the southern one? I'm aiming at the northern one. All right. So you hit. Go ahead and roll me concealment. They got sight concealment from that barrier. Oh. Uh-oh. D100, baby. Two? Two? <laughs> yeah. That's a miss. Zero two. Yeah. That's 20% miss chance, and that 2% is a miss. So you you go, you aim true, but it ducks just behind a barrier, and it goes yes. the kunk right into it. But it is a lose turn. Your full right. turn. How about this, how about this battle again. music, huh? It's pretty good. Thanks, Siren Can that be my turn? That'd be cool. Nope. <laughs> what did you roll? Don't, natural don't one. You rolled a natural one. It. We can just skip my turn. That's <laughs> totally cool. Hey, buddy. <laughs> hey. Uh, this is why he has a morning star, so that when he drops his <laughs> bow, he doesn't just yeah. have Or he shoots arrow in the back of the fucking head. I don't know. Uh, hey, well, buddy. Roll me good. a... Uh, roll to confirm, right? Yeah, please. Roll to confirm. I'm not going to look. You motherfucker. You Uh-oh. 12. Friendly fire. That's but a it's, miss. But it's flat-footed? Uh, you're touching but the it's crown. flat-footed. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. oh, please. But please, it's... please, please, please. DC 12 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, you do not confirm lucky the piece of shit. What does happen though <laughs> is uh, we have some rather ornery people uh, here. Uh-huh. They go one, two, three, fur. I'm gonna take a, a swing, swing at you there, Mister Errol. So coming up from the south, just underneath you, swinging their club. That's a ten. No, no. All right. So the other one comes. He's going to do his best. He's going to jump over the barrier just to kind of help ends meet quicker. Makes that barrier. It's closing right there. You get an attack of opportunity. Oh, I will take it. I will not take it. <laughs> Perfect. And he swings his club. 
high and wide, and you got yourself a good old-fashioned 17 to hit. Miss. Miss. Because his club comes down and clang comes right off of that armory of yours. Barb Grimbrew, it is your turn. All right. Barb is going to charge in, not mechanically, just for flavor, (laughs) (laughs) to the north (laughs) one. Um, And I'm actually, I'll go past Edel, and I'll still swing at the north one. Uh, You You incur two attacks of opportunity. Nope, never mind. Back it up. (laughs) Can I get a rewind sound, Sierra? Eric? (laughs) (laughs) That was well done. That was pretty good. (laughs) That was pretty good. And while I do that, I will unsheath my fire giant's great sword with my plus one bab. Base attack bonus. Thanks. <laughs> Barb's bab. Bab, <laughs> Barb the Barb. <laughs> uh, 18. That hits. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to let I'm gonna let that one time slide, but next time you do that, you're just going to incur two attacks of opportunity, and that's where you stand. You think I'd stop after the first one, but <laughs> <laughs> she's really just really taking. She's gonna r- use her full complement of movement to run circles around him in <laughs> throwing <laughs> range barrels. Uh, that's gonna be twelve damage, Alex. <laughs> that oh, is yeah. uh that is a certain amount of damage. That is not great, but you still find yourself face to face with this arthropodic humanoid goblinoid terrifying creature, Errol. It is your turn. Errol is going to. Take a five-foot step diagonally and flank that piece of shit with Bob. The northernmost one that Barb just smashed yeah. into. He's going to flank it, take an attack. Ooh, that is an 18 to hit. That's a hit. And he hits for oh, minimum damage, three points of damage. How do you kill this bad boy? Oh, nice. So, Errol runs up, draws their attention, deflects one attack, spins, blasts one off of his shield, and then spins around and just swipes across the back of this creature. You split open his carapace as viscera spill out onto the ground and falls dead. Lillian, it is your turn. Not a whole lot I can do. Um, she's gonna move forward. Um. Yep. That's what she's gonna do. She's right there. You can double move if you want as well. I know, but uh, if I move past what's his name, then that's an attack of opportunity, right? Uh, moving into it is not moving, moving out of it. Right is. here is okay, but then well, if you're you shooting get in into range, a threatened yeah. melee square, if you try to move again, yeah. then there's an attack. Well, I think of if she hugs the north side of the passage, because the carapace just died, so she should be able to run yeah, up there. Yeah, you'd be right? able to do so. It, you'd be squeezing, so it's difficult terrain, but you can move through without incurring an attack opportunity. You could really? be on the the eastern side of Errol, if you'd so care to. Up here? Right, yeah. right there. Yep. Still like yep. a double move. Or that move, one. Yeah. Yep. You're good. Yeah. Double move. I'm, I'm double good move. here. Poe, you are a fox. You have both of your swords <laughs> out. <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm going to take one sword, the one that's in my right hand, stab it into the ground, put my elbow on it, put my head on my elbow, and ready an action. That action is the dash. I'm not even going to take my movement. 
and I'm going to wait. And if the guy's still alive by the end of Lillian's next turn, I'm going to move <laughs> up, and then I'll take my action after that. But I'm just going to be like... Some tunnel-ass warfare right What's there. up, guys? Right. You do right. me, boo. All right. It's got full fucking faith in this. Lou, it's your turn. You are unable to see the person to the south. I'm not. You heard clicks. You heard clacks. You heard springs and but springs. if I'm able to move up two spaces in one diagonally, can I move into that space? You can. You are squeezing. Okay. So what does that exactly do? I'm pretty sure squeezing through a space gives you a minus four on all attack action. Well, Ranged. Just... Melee. I know what I shouldn't do based off of previous rules. Running into melee and shooting from melee? But I'm going to run into melee and shoot from <laughs> melee. Yes! Why don't you run into uh. squeezing and shoot from squeezing? Nope. nope. Uh, rule number three. I'm going <laughs> to rule of fun. I'm just going to I'm just gonna do it to it. <laughs> Hang on. I'm going to hit you in the face with the club real quick. Now we have to post our rules. Do it. Do it. Thunk. Does a natural 20 hit? Wait, why do you hit? Because you're shooting you, a bow in, in melee. melee. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean that's right? <laughs> hey, Woody has to learn things I the do. hard uh, way. He'll learn things. He, he said so. I think the last episode you were like, <laughs> le- it was a lesson learned, Paul. Yeah. Uh, anyways, let me roll all these dice. Hang on. Cool. Nothing like a ranged character <laughs> running into melee. It's fine. We'll just rest. It's like 10 a.m. It's my first ranged character. I keep forgetting that's that. A, that's 16 damage. No, I did it wrong. Let me confirm real quick. Oh, I'll confirm. I'll confirm. No dice of fate. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, there's no dice of fate. It's at 18 to confirm. Yeah. Yeah, the hits. Yeah, so that's 16 damage. Yeah. I'm down. (laughs) Wow. Great gamble. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, it's it's now that guy's turn. Woody's very good at building backup characters. It's fine. (laughs) I do have a very good backup character. I will admit. (laughs) See? He's very prepared for it. He's reckless. There's not even windows down here. Why are you why are you so prepared? Um so this this old boy is going to move around into the outside as a free action. You see him toss his head back and screech. And this like that. ungodly sound reverberates to the caverns, and then he raises his club, tries to bring it down an arrow. That is a 17 hit miss. And it clangs right off of the armor of yours. Uh, Barb, it is your turn. Yep. Barb's gonna get on in there. I cannot be in Get on up! I cannot be in flanking position without incurring an attack of opportunity. Go for the gold. No, I don't think I want to do that. But you know what? I'm feeling kind of Last time somebody incurred an attack of opportunity. I'm feeling... They went unconscious, Woody. He can't see anything. He's unconscious. Uh, I am feeling kind of angry because people are getting swatted down. And it's the entrance to the dungeon. And I'm thinking, we're fucked. And then I uh, enter rage. Rage. So rage. I'm a rage, rage Alex. Rage. rage for 200. That's a nat 19. That's a crit. Oh, roll, roll to confirm. confirm. Come oh, on. Uh-oh. Come on. Let me get that crit deck ready. Yeah. That's a 19. Ooh. Yes. yes. Missing ear. Normal damage and one charisma drain. Minus four penalty on perception checks until healed. 
Thanks, Paizo. Is it still is it still double damage? <laughs> no, no, it's normal damage. Ow. I mean, Bummer. It's only nineteen. Oh no, I'm raging. I'm so sorry. Twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> hey Barb. Math and math and math and how do you do this? How do I do this? Uh man, I really like cutting things in half vertically. <laughs> but just for funsies, because I like I'm eventually going to achieve like quadrants. I'm going to start practicing <laughs> having creatures horizontally. That's it. That's all I got. I sliced through him, through his waist. So this perfectly healthy mongrel man stands in front of you. He raises his club above his head to bring it down once more on your friends, perhaps even you. You bring your sword right across, hit him from one side to the other. In an almost samurai-esque move, the two halves stand, almost as though nothing has happened, and then they slide, one from the other, and as the loud thud of the two halves fall, you all feel different, not in a bad way, perhaps in a good way. I'd argue I'm in a bad way. (laughs) (laughs) And you find yourselves at second level yes and we will see you all well everyone i guess but but what do you i'm just not i'll wake up at some point we'll we'll stabilize and then then i'll be good to go then yeah uh good work it's my turn next i'm gonna pull out (laughs) my war axe (laughs) 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 build a melee character (laughs) next time yeah re-roll motherfucker (laughs) Four Corners Games podcast is property of Four Corners Games, Inc. For more information about Four Corners Games, please visit fourcornersgames.com with the number four. Music and sound on this episode by Sirenscape, because epic games need epic sound. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc., which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com forward slash community use. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo product, please visit paizo.com. <laughs>